the Cybersecurity Podcast. Hey, welcome and thanks for listening to a new episode of Hackwork. I have the pleasure to do this again with my fantastic co-host from Washington in the United States, Tyler Cohenwood. Hi, Tyler. Hi, I'm really excited about today's episode. Yes, and today's episode is called Blackout, <laughs> Attacking the Power Grids. So we'll turn off the lights. That's our plan for this show. And we have a special guest in the show. It's Harm van der Brink from the Netherlands. So welcome, Harm. And Harm is a specialist on e-vehicles and power crits, and he's a long-working expert on that topic, so he knows all about uh, charging stations, uh, e-vehicles, all the electricity and power which is flowing in, and then as well, uh, what are the effects on power crits and how stable are power crits? And I know, Harm, that you have some evil uh, ideas in mind how to attack power crits. <laughs> Welcome, Harm. Thank you, thank you, and uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So, Blackout, <laughs> before the show, we did some jokes about, like, we are here in Europe and we are used to super stable power grids. And Tyler is in the US and Tyler is used to I said, a few stable power grids. So, there seems to be a difference on, on, the, on the network stability of power grids, naturally how they are built. Now, we are bringing in cybersecurity to that. And I think there are a few aspects we can talk about what will be the impact of all the new connected assets we are turning into the power grid and how do you how you can use them to tear down a power grid so harm you have any ideas on that yeah sure sure uh, but i think it's 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 important to to know the history of the power grid and that uh, where we came from and where we are now so if you look at the power grid it used to be uh, unidirectional so power plants feeding the homes in the industry Uh, but what we see more and more lately, last decade or so, is more and more solar, um, more and more wind power, all more decentralized. So the way we use the power grid is totally different than the way we designed it 40, 50 years ago. Um, so the way we need to think about using the power grid is also, has, also, has also changed. And um, the fact that we came from an, 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 uh, an architecture where we had like power plants that you can secure, Uh, you have, can have a good security for one single power plant. It's it's easier than having security for multiple smaller power plants like solar panels or windmills. Um, and, I, and I think that's the, the main difference where we are now. Um, if you look at the power grid, that we have a lot of decentralized production. We have a lot of um, big, high power appliances. Uh, we connect to the grid lately, like electric vehicles, but also think about heat pumps, about connected ovens. All those devices are connected to the internet and connected to the power grid and consume a lot of power. Um, and uh, the thing is, in, 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 for example, in the Netherlands, we are moving away from natural gas and we are moving to an all-electric way of heating, so using heat pumps. And that basically means that if you come home, let's say at five or six o'clock in the evening, you charge your EV, you start cooking on electricity, and you start heating your homes with electricity. So we... The peak demand on our grid is, is changing very rapidly, and is is not yeah the grid is not designed to deal with that um, how we designed it yeah you know, 40, 50 years ago. 
so so that's that's the, the the history and i think that's very important to to start this talk about because um, um i think it's good to know that we come from that system uh, and we yeah you can't really change such a system overnight um so that's uh, that's good to know so there's probably a lot of legacy equipment too that is still still being used. Yeah, it's it's a basically almost only legacy systems. Um, uh, yeah, like grid operators, they put transformers or uh, cables in the ground for decades, um, and and yeah, you don't really change that. What is the lifetime of a transformer station? Thirty years, 40? yeah, something like that, depending on the on the usage, um, and that's a thing. That's a thing because we're using more and more electricity. The transformer is much more um, uh, used up to the hundred percent maximum power it can deliver. So also the the lifetime of such a device, yeah, is is, is less than we expected it to be. So we have a lot of old technology in there with a grid which needs to transform in a way it needs to change. Because if I look at Germany, which is as well rather advanced on the way how we rebuild our power supply. I know that a lot of power, for example, is sourced in the north of the country because they are the windmills. We have the offshore windmill. Uh, but the most power consumption is in the south because there we have the big factories like automotive factories and, and stuff going around. So you need to transport energy from the north to the south, which is traditionally not the way how it was done because we had this coal plants and, and nuclear power plants in the past. Now we need to transport energy. And what I've learned as well is that, unfortunately, wind power is not stable. I mean, it's changing. There's yeah, yeah. more wind, less wind. <laughs> Then you have all the solar roofs. Uh, if it's nice weather, you've, you have a lot of energy in there. Not at all, yeah. So it seems yeah, but, to be getting more, more flexibility in the grid. Yeah, well, we need more flexibility in the grid because the energy production uh, is not flexible at all. Um, when we had like uh, uh, gas-fired power plants or coal plants, you can somehow tweak them to produce more or less. And the frequency in the whole grid, uh, at least in the in Europe, is, is 50 hertz. So that needs to be at 50 hertz all the time. And that means that if you increase demand, you have to increase supply. Or if you uh, decrease demand, you have to decrease supply. So it has to be in balance all the time. That means that if you have a lot of solar and um, uh, a lot of wind and the wind stops blowing, then you need to somehow deal with that. So you need a gas fire, a gas power plant to fire up, or you need uh, demand to switch off. So it needs to be in balance all the time. So that's why we uh, need to have connected devices to be able to deal with this, these fluctuations in the grid. So there is a need for connected devices in the grid. But there's also a downside like, of having all those devices connected. What, what types of devices are we talking? Smartphones? <laughs> are we talking? No, it's, it's um, more. It's more about high power uh, appliances. Like I said, about electric vehicles, um, washing bombs, machines, washing machines, maybe <laughs> also uh, stationary batteries. So, like the Tesla Powerwall, for example, you can use that to balance your local energy consumption. But you can also use that on a larger scale to balance the national grid. Uh, so that, that those devices we probably need in the future to really balance the grid. Um, and also industry is usually connected. So they, they have some reserve capacity. They can deliver um, to the transmission system operator in, in, in an event where they, they need to switch off uh, demand. Uh, they, can, they can do that. 
Hold, hold. So that I really understand what is the challenge in there. Like we have a disbalance between consumption and power production. And this is based upon many factors like wind, um, sun, um, if it's a weekend or if it's a usually working day and stuff like that. So there's a disbalance naturally now in these grids. And then the industry or the grid operators are trying to use connected assets to control this balance by switching on cons consumption or switching off consumption. And a, and a consumption could be our e-vehicle charging station, for example, or a heating or a, a battery system in a, in a, in a house. Is, it, is that right? Yeah, that's, that's correct. That's correct. And then the, the, the way the, the thing is, if you have production, you have to use it at the same uh, time. So if you don't use it, it, it's gone. And that means that the frequency will go up. And what we see uh, sometimes happening, for example, in Germany, is there's so much solar and so much wind that on Sundays or Saturdays, there's too much production and you basically get paid if you use energy. So there are times that you get paid to use energy because they need to get rid of all the energy available. Okay. Um, so there is a natural need of the system for connected products because they need a way to control switch devices on off so to control the consumption there's a natural need for connected products for these new grids yeah the more we move to decentralized production and sustainable production like solar and wind we need more of those devices <laughs> it's perfect for hackers as as it stands now and I, I'm, i guess i'm talking about the the american power grid um <clears throat> just how is it possible for someone to break in it's not a i'm not talking about like a denial of a service attack but could there be a hack that would um up the energy consumption to essentially waste energy yeah potentially that that could be done and that's i think the main challenge that we face is we are used to have dumb devices that are not connected to the internet And we used to have um, centralized production that you can easily secure. But now you have all these different IoT devices that are all connected and are using a lot of energy, like the electric vehicle, charging stations, um, heat pumps, like I said, batteries, ovens, fridges, whatever. They're all getting connected to the internet and they're all using a lot of energy. And we know from experience that not all of the devices get updates that not all the devices get firmware updates, that not all the devices are secure by design, um, that nobody really changes passwords, or at least if they change them, they're not really secure. So there is a we know that there is an issue there um, when it comes to these devices. And the more you add them to the grid, the bigger, um, uh, uh, how you say that? If, if you combine those the, the power of all those devices, you're actually combining let's say, three to four gas-fired power plants already when it comes to the Netherlands. Okay. Scale that up to Europe or scale that up on, on, a, on, on, a, on a national level in, in, in the US. I think you have so much energy when it comes to all these devices uh, that, that you can basically change the way the grid is, is being used by changing the behavior of those devices. Just, are, are, are there? Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I'm just getting yeah, so no, excited. It's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> the, so so uh, in the American power grid, um, 
do states or regions have their own power grid, their own connections, or is it all kind of the same? Because I, I remember, um, I don't remember when it was, but um, it was about 10 years ago, I think, um, New York City, the, New York um, lost power. Remember, there was a, the whole eastern seaboard, I think, lost power, and it was they switched it over to a station in like Ohio or something to feed the power. <clears throat> how, how often does that kind of stuff happen and how do they, how do they work together? The various power grids. Yeah, usually the, the, the a grid is totally interconnected. So you have those interconnects that exchange energy from one region to another. Okay. Um, for example, in Europe, it's a, it's a totally interconnected network. So all of continental Europe has the same frequency, which means it's all connected. Uh, as far as I know, at least for the U S it's three different, um, networks that's the reason why for example texas went down last uh, uh, winter because it's it's a it's a it's a let's say a more of an island when it comes to uh, the power grid so it was not interconnected to and, and at least not enough to other regions and even those interconnects they have a, 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 lim- a limit you cannot you can only push so much power through that connection um, and at some point it's 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 it's, it's full and that's one of the things that happened in at the 8th of January uh, this year um, in Croatia. There was an interconnect that somehow uh, tripped, so the circuit breaker tripped. That meant that means that all the other energy was flowing through other cables, but they were overloaded and also tripped. So, as a cascading effect, all those uh, interconnects they stopped working, which basically meant that the two network of the the, the one network as as Europe. Uh, split in two so you had two different networks running with their own frequency and somehow at some point you need to bring them together and that's that's yeah that's a real challenge um but that's that's only happened now once because one interconnection failed but yeah what if we can change behavior of devices in a certain area or region what yeah. will happen yeah. if, if i was a bad guy i would be looking at these because i think a lot of these issues are caused by mistakes um, you know, someone trips over a plug or something. No, I'm just kidding. But but by <laughs> mistakes. But if I was a bad guy, I would be watching these mistakes because the 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 fallout from it is enormous. You know, people don't have power, or and it could be you know extremely cold or hot. So you know, it creates panic. I would be paying attention to that, and 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 that's kind of scary to me. Yeah, it is. It is. We're getting more reliant on the electricity grid day by day for financial transactions, for food, whatever. And on the other end, we're connecting more and more unsecured devices to those networks. So the potential impact of a hack is getting also bigger. And that's, I think, um, that's, I think the, 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 the major risk we are facing in the near future when it comes to electricity. Um, all those devices are unsecure. Um, you can just some of those, one of the one of the stories is, and, and that's a that's a funny thing. You know the the, the website Showdown, uh, where you can basically search for all kinds of devices. Um, there you can just look up uh, charging stations. So you can type in some words: charging station, EV controller, whatever, and then you basically find hundreds of charging stations. Um, and fun thing is, you can just connect to them using the default credentials. So you can basically could basically just control them change behavior, stop them, update them with your own uh, firmware, whatever. It's super easy. And it's mm-hmm. it's only a hundred of them. But imagine 
all those other devices that are connected or in the near future when we have millions of millions of, of, of charging stations, if they're not secure and you can so easily hack them, just write one bot or one script, hack them automatically and just change the behavior as you like. So, so one, let's say, evil idea, for example, if I look at boilers, yeah, which are smart home boilers, smart systems. Let's assume that in five years, as a consumer, you're not able to buy any boiler anymore, which is not smart. Because as we said, there is an interesting of the grid operators that they are smart because they want to control the boilers to balance the grid. Okay, in five years, there will be only smart boilers. If I look at the smart boiler market, there are maybe three vendors in Europe who are controlling 99% of that market. So all boilers are maybe from three vendors. If you have only one hacked, if only one is vulnerable, you maybe get a 30% of all smart boilers under your control as an attacker. And then now the super evil, evil, evil Merkur well, says, well, uh, this evening at eight o'clock, I switch on all smart boilers under my control. What will be the effect on the network then, on the grid network? Yeah, what will happen, depending on the amount of power, is that you will see that the frequency will drop. And the frequency will drop because the demand is, is higher than the supply. So at some point, um, suppliers will start producing more energy because the TSO, the transmission system operator, will request, please give me more power. So at some point, it will be, if, it, if, the, if the demand is not too big, they can somehow change that or at least bring the frequency up so produce more energy. The cool thing is when you start oscillating those boilers, putting them on and off every, let's say, 15 seconds or 30 seconds, then they try to stabilize the frequency. And when they're there, they just switch them off. So then the frequency is still high. Yeah. And then you switch, then they lower the frequency and then you switch them on again. And I think that's what will cause a lot of effects in the grid. Probably it will somehow bring disbalance in frequency, thus in power supply, but it will also um, put stress on local grids. Because imagine if you have like an area, uh, uh, a neighborhood with the, like 80% of the house have, have that boiler. And usually they're not um, all uh, heating up at the same time. There is some differences in time. So the grid is not designed probably to have them heating up all at the same time, all at once in that particular area. And that puts stress on that local grid. So on the cables, on the transformers. So you can have an effect on national level, frequency-wise, and you have, a, you have an effect on the local grid, on the transformers, cables, what I just said. And combine that with, let's say, if you can also switch off solar during the day and then put the heater on of the, of the boiler, then you have, bring, have a, a real disbalance in production and energy demand. And I think those combinations will have a lot of stress on local grids. Wow. So, so I mean, that's an example of how you could essentially hack the, the system and just get just waste energy, essentially, is what you're doing to bring down the grid. Mirko, you're a bad man. <laughs> yeah, but, and the thing is, the thing more, is... More, I'm glad you're on our side. No, harm is more bad because I was just thinking on, on, on switching the boilers 
on, but he said, well, it's more evil to switch them on and then wait when the grids are yeah. try to remanage and then switch them off, like to, to make this kind of disturbance with various patterns on where you're switching on off. But I mean, this is super evil. And, and the thing is for a distribution system operator, they are used to secure the devices. So transformers or uh, from high voltage to medium voltage, those, those transformers, they secure them and they can secure them because it, those are their devices and they have full control over them. They have control over the connection, over the IT, over every system. And now they have assets connected to their grid which they are not allowed to control. They are not allowed to um, request some, some cybersecurity requirements, whatever. You can just connect whatever you want. You can just buy it from ev everywhere you want and connect it to the grid. And the DSO has the effects when it comes to massive hack of those devices. We all know that, like, like IP cameras that got hacked and then you, have, then you have a privacy issue. That's not great to have, but I think the impact on a national level is way less than you connect all the connected ovens and boilers and heat pumps yeah. or whatever. And like you said, what you see is that there are usually like three or four vendors that supply the, the full market and they probably probably run all the same backend and you just have to hack that single backend um, to control all of them. And many of them are white label products. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so it sounds like it's really not that difficult to cause a lot of harm to to the power grid how 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 um how often do you think that this happens um i think it has to happen just once to make people aware of the fact that this is a real issue because i've been telling this for years now and nobody really listens so i hope people I'm listen listening. now <laughs> no but it, it somehow because it, it, it never happened people aren't really seeing it as a risk um, but we are basically getting trojan horses into our homes by connecting all those devices and that's oh, yeah. that's the thing it never happened it will probably happen somewhere in the near future like like let's say in, in five years and then people will see that there is an issue but the thing is then you already have those devices can you upgrade them can you upgrade the firmware can you make them more secure it will all be yeah and, and it will all be in, in a, a retrofit or something and and is that going to work or just do you need to buy new devices? Um, so I think the, 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 the key issue here is that we get some regulation and legislation in place that, that makes sure that every device that is, is, is allowed on the market has some basic level of cybersecurity and has some basic level of updates in the near future when it comes to vulnerabilities. I mean, from the cyber criminal perspective, I, it's com I'm completely sure why it never happened yet. Because if why, you want why? to transfer Bitcoins and cryptocurrencies, you need electric power. <laughs> 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 yes. I mean, I, you, I mean, you're right, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's They need why. a stable grid. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you need a stable grid. Yeah, but the thing is, the, 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 I think the devices that are now on the market and are connected, it, 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 a few hundred thousand, but that's that's basically it. Um, but in a few years, there will be millions. So the thing is, the impact of those devices in the hack probably is not that much right now, but it will be in 2030 or something. Right. So that's why we need to be aware of this now to be able to deal with this in the future. Uh, well, hopefully regulations will come down because... You know, if you have a device that doesn't have security in it, like you just like you just said, um, it shouldn't be allowed to connect to the grid. 
it, it, you you have to have that security in. And like you know, like you said, the internet is kind of like the power grid. It wasn't really meant. Um, it wasn't created with security in mind. And you know, it's a lot of bandages kind of on on mm-hmm. cybersecurity problems. And I'm sure it's kind of the same way with the power grid. Yeah, but everybody is used to have like an, an antivirus now on their computers. It's, it's pretty common. I think everybody uses some sort of antivirus or firewall. Um, but with those devices, nobody is, is 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 aware of that you probably need something like that too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or your connected oven will be going on in the evening and, and maybe baking a cake or whatever for you. Um, but you have no control over the devices then anymore. And, and that's... Um, that's something that people are not aware of. Um, um, when it comes to computers, antivirus is, is super normal that you have some security in place. But when it comes to like charging stations, nobody thinks it, of it as a. It's just, it, actually, it's just, it's just a computer that's supplying power, and nobody sees it as a computer that is supplying power. It's it, everybody sees it as a charging station, but it's basically just a computer allowing you to get power from it or not. Serious, I, I did this joke about cryptocurrency and that there's no interest of cyber criminals to tear down a power grid because they use the power grid. And I think this is for sure real. Like there are other targets currently out there which are more easier, let's say it in that way. Um, or, um, I mean, they simply need electricity to perform their attacks. But there are other attackers out there, all the state-motivated attacks and if we talk more horrific about cyber weapons, uh, I think if the attacker has completely the interest to tear down the infrastructure of a current, uh, of a country, then this is really a big threat. Yeah, we have seen it before. I think it was 2015 in Ukraine. We saw that that hackers took down the grid um, by hacking a DSO and and switching off some circuit breakers. Um, And that's hacking the DSO, which can be easily more easily secured because um, you have the fixed amount of assets, you have full control over those. So we've seen it before, um, but this is a whole new level because it's so it, it, there are so many decentralized devices, so many devices that are connected. That's that's way different than than, than targeting a single distribution system operator. Um, and for state actors, I think it's it's uh, yeah. It's definitely a target in the future. You know, I wonder, I wonder um, just if there are threat actors in a power grid, just kind of waiting and watching if, if, if there's some recon being done, if some credentials have been, been stolen um, and they're just kind of waiting. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. What, what, what would you do if, if, if you were kind of, uh, if, if you were in charge of all the power grids and you were you were the boss, and you could make some changes. What would you do to secure it? Um, I would make sure that there is some, what I said, some some basic level of security when it comes to all those devices. Um, so, and that's and that's actually you, you. The main issue is if you are the boss of all these electricity grids, you have no, um, um, you, you cannot enforce cybersecurity of all connected devices. So that's, I think, the main issue. You cannot enforce anything when it comes to those devices. So you need, like, the, the politics and you need, like, uh, legislation and, 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 and things like that to ensure that all devices that are connected have some basic level of security. 
are secure by design, follow some 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 guidelines, follow some sort of some requirements. So what I would do is not allow any device on the market that is not secure and has not been tested or certified. That's okay. I think where we need to go. Um, so we have the the uh, CE mark in, uh, in in Europe. I think it's it's Europe only, right? I'm not sure. Um, and before you are able to allow to sell such a device on the, on the European market, you need that 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 sort of certificate. Um, and that basically means that it's not it's not being certified, but you as a company say I uh, follow all the rules that are uh, needed to to be able to sell the product here. I think cybersecurity should be part of being able to sell such a device on on, on the market, um, and we are slowly slowly moving there. Um, <laughs> lately, the, the the radio equipment directive has been um, uh, uh, published. Which now says that everything with a with a with a modem, so a wireless uh, modem, has to have cybersecurity in it to be able to be sold on the market. Yeah. Probably will come into effect at twenty twenty five or something. Um, that will make sure that all connected devices at least have some sort of cybersecurity. But that's five years or four years from now, or yeah. something like that. But but and, and we also would have to make sure though that. Um that all default passwords are changed, all def- all of that. So, so that would be something. Maybe this that they could automatically uh, force, yeah, you know, that, password and resets and complex passwords that are not password. No device <laughs> should be visible on Shodan. One, two, three, four. <laughs> no, but that's basically part of the of those of those um, of that directive that that passwords should be changed uh, with first use um, and things like that. Um, but a lot of things are, like requirements and, and norms still have to be developed. Um, and looking at each device, you have different requirements probably when it comes to cybersecurity. So if you want to secure um, an oven or a battery or an EV, it's usually pretty specific requirements probably when it comes to those devices. And what you see is if you, like, if you have general requirements, they're usually not enough um, because you have to 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 um, to really look into the into into those devices, the different subsets of those devices, how to secure it, and that's I think that's that will be the, that will be the main challenge to to be able to come up with good requirements that are that cover a lot of devices or a lot of assets or group of devices um, that really makes them secure. Well, I I really hope that. Um that, you know, legislators are taking this seriously. Maybe they're listening to this podcast or listening to you because this is, this is extremely important. And, you know, like you said, until it happens, I don't think people realize how dangerous and how, how, you know, tenuous of a situation this, this could turn into. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We are so used to switch on the, the, the power lights and everything. It just works till the moment. It doesn't. Until you're right. <laughs> yes. And and then what? Because I think in even in, in Europe, what if a total blackout happens? How do you restart the grid? Where do you start? How do you do that? Is that nation level? Is that oh. groups of, of countries? Or how do you do it? Where do you start? And and I think um, you can you can somehow survive three days of a total blackout. And after that, probably is total anarchy or something. <laughs> no, but but seriously, 
Um, we are so used to having power. We are not prepared to have no power at all. If, if we have no power for half a day, we're totally panicking. We cannot charge our phones. We cannot make phone calls. I remember the people that's, in Texas. That's just luxury, I think. In, in, in Washington, D.C., we had this, um, this storm. I think it was our second wedding anniversary. It was, um, I think it was 2010, maybe 11. And we had a, a huge storm and it knocked out all the power. And no one could find ho- hotels. So there was some power in some places, but I mean, it was really, it was really, really hard. And it was in the middle of July, which is, it was hot. And um, yeah, it was, it was tough. And I was thinking about, you know, hospitals and all of those things. I know they have generators, but still it's, um, it, it's pretty scary. Yeah, it is. If I would be the regulator, I would make a simple law, which is like, if you buy a connected product, you have to buy a candle as well. <laughs> no, but, but think of, and I would then add buy some water buy maybe something else because also the pumps for distributing water are using the same electricity grid yeah. so basically everything just turns down and then and then what um, so this really sounds like a like a like a real horror story that will happen but we can still make it work but we have to be aware that we have to fix some things um, and should should be aware of the fact that we should not connect all kinds of devices. We have no idea of how they are secured. Uh, and I think that that's that's the the, the the challenge here. How do you get regulators aware of the fact that this really is an issue? Usually they're not very technical uh, when it comes to cybersecurity. So we have to explain them um, with our technical background why it is an issue and and why we need to change things Um, and at least in the netherlands and i think in europe also we are also busy on the european level we are now trying to make them aware and we see that slowly we're getting more and more uh attention and more and more um, um known when it comes to those risks so that helps uh but still yeah i think uh law is a slow process well, I am extremely happy that that we have you, and that there are people who understand the 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 situation and what needs to be done. Like you, we 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 need we need more people. Maybe you should run for office. But <laughs> 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 well, Miko, let's get back to your issue with the with the with the boilers. We have two hundred million households in Europe. Yeah, two hundred million. If only one million households have such a boiler of three gigawatts or three uh, kilowatts you have three gigawatts of power under one button when it comes to that that back end that is that is the boiler that is connected to in europe we have a law or a regulation that's that says that you need that the, the 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 tso's so the ones controlling the frequency should be able to deal with a a positive amount of um, power and a negative amount of power that they need to have a reserve for, which is three gigawatts. So with 1 million households having that boiler, you have the same amount of power under your control that is in the regulation to be able to stabilize the grid. That's only about the boilers. What if you have 1 million of those boilers and 1 million EVs? We will have for sure more than 1 million EVs. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, how fast are we having a 
big amount of power that is really becoming an issue when you have control of it. I think it's it's in, it's it's very soon. And then with EVs, they're not connected all the times. So that's a good thing because you can only use them or app use them if they are connected to the grid. But with the boilers, like the, the example you gave, those are always connected to the grid. They probably always have some way of heating up because you can just heat them up more. Um, so that you always have a way of, of drawing energy from the grid. And I had one more complexity and horror story here as well. I'm just looking at solar panels yeah, and how the solar panel industry has changed. I think, for example, Germany was a leader in producing solar panels. Now the whole solar panel industry has moved to Asia, to some, to one single country. Yeah. So if one single country is sourcing the world's supply of solar panels, and this is the hardware which is using which is producing energy and you have control over the hardware, uh, how possible is it that you can apply a supply chain attack yeah, if you implement I think so. backdoors in the hardware? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've seen it before, right? We've seen it before with, with, the, with the switches, right? Yeah. We've seen it before with switches uh, being used in the, in the uh, IT infrastructure. So why shouldn't this happen to the to the grid or to exactly. solar inverters? Maybe there's no need to waste your energy on hacking the boilers. Because no pun can, intended. <laughs> exactly, because you can just, uh, you have all the tools in your own hands uh, to ship hardware equipment, which has already backdoors in there. Yeah, definitely. And how do you discover them? Is there any way of checking or certifying them or is somebody actually looking at the behavior of those devices oh, no, everybody is depressed there would be a way to do that you, you could do that but i don't think anyone is not really i guess no <clears throat> wow <laughs> so if you buy one solar panel you have to buy two matches one gallon of water <laughs> and uh, 40 candles yeah yeah Anything maybe else? <laughs> a generator maybe <laughs> 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 hey, it's it was an awesome talk. Uh, I think the solution you 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 clearly showed what is the problem, mm -hmm. where where we are moving uh, with the energy grid and disconnected products, and you gave a solution because the solution seems somehow, of course, <laughs> a security by design uh, yeah. for sure one solution. So that's the responsibility of the industry, but we need the regulators as well because this is about critical infrastructure. I mean, this is big boys business. Um, and yeah. we know as well for the US, if you go for the critical infrastructure, um, this is less fun for cyber criminals. <laughs> Don't mess with taxes. Um, but this is definitely something which is from a high political dimension as well and they need action from a high political level because the industry itself can't solve it alone no well technically it's not a challenge to solve it we can do it but it it adds some cost to those devices so we need legislation to enforce it and then it will we need be... regulators yeah yeah, yeah definitely because otherwise yeah. the industry will not solve it because they want to nope. sell the cheapest product exactly. hey it was an awesome talk um, Absolutely. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you.
And for everybody who is interested in the topic, we will link to Harm's profile in the show notes and give some more resources uh, in the show notes so you can just get in touch with him as well. And yeah, we like, if you like the episode uh, as well, leave a comment, give us a rating. Uh, yes, go for the next uh, show we'll publish. And by that, Harm, thank you very much for being in the show. Thank you, too. Thank you so much. Follow us at hackwork.io.